0: Morning, I'm John and this is the daily wrestling news show for September 20th on this day in 1997 ECW presented as good as it gets from the ECW arena in South Philadelphia so what members of the ECW roster took this card beyond the extreme Hey there, if you're listening to this, then chances are you love wrestling. And if you care to continue the conversation with me, John, and other listeners of this show, then I invite you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. Just search for Daily Wrestling News Show or go to facebook.com groups slash wrestling news show and click join. We cannot wait to meet you there. The group is brand new, so if you're one of the first to join, don't be afraid to say hi. Now, on with the show. The card kicked off with the full-blooded Italians, Little Guido, hailing from Sicily, and Tracy Smothers, billed from Nashville, Italy. And they were accompanied to the ring by their manager, the big Don, Tommy Rich, who, as Joey Styles explained, is about as Italian as frozen pizza. They were taking on the hardcore chair-swinging freaks, Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten. Leaving little to the imagination, Axel walked the aisle with a chair in his hand that read, This is gonna hurt, across the seat. Balls hit the Nutcracker suite on Guido and gets the three count, but Tommy Rich helped Guido get his foot on the ropes. He complains, and Jeff Jones restarts the match. Guido quickly rolls up balls for the win, and the FBI leave victorious. Extra referees John Finnegan and Jim Molyneux are in quickly to convince Balls and Axel not to take their grievance out on young Jeff Jones. But then Jones makes the terrible mistake of grabbing a microphone to tell Balls that while Balls may not like him, he will damn sure respect him. With the recent departure of on-screen commissioner Todd Gordon, Jones declared himself the law and the best referee in the United States. John Finnegan takes some offense and reminds Jones that he is, in fact, the senior official in the ECW. Jones half-heartedly apologized and then slapped Mr. Senior Official. Finnegan knocks Jones down with a right hand, and Jones is whimpering, ow, ow, that hurt, that hurt, into the microphone that he still had in his hands. When Jones gets to his feet, he takes a quick charge at Finnegan, who sidesteps, and lets Jones run headfirst into Mahoney's steel chair. Jones had finally let go of the mic before getting back to his feet, but you wouldn't know it by the sound the chair made hitting his skull that reverberated through the ECW arena. In ECW, that's how you file a grievance and that was just the opening match. Next up, Jason, the sexiest man on earth, introduced his newest find. Joey Styles recognized PJ Walker, who he comments had been held back by the clowns in Connecticut for years. But Jason says that's not his name. Styles is confused. Is this not the man of war? As the crowd mockingly chants, Aldo, Aldo. No, this man is just incredible. As luck would have it, his first opponent, and also making his ECW arena debut, is the dynamic Jerry Lynn. Justin still had the Stamford stink on him, so every resting hold was met with an immediate chant of boring. Justin hits the corkscrew tombstone that would become his finisher, that's incredible, and follows with a swinging DDT to get the win. Oh, the rivalry these two would have to come. Chris Candido and Lance Storm put on a nearly 15-minute clinic with just enough extreme to keep the Philly faithful happy. Triple Threat member Candido gets the win with an avalanche powerbomb that he calls the Blonde Bombshell. Another Triple Threat member is up next as Bam Bam Bigelow takes on Spike Dudley. The two had faced off the previous month at the Hardcore Heaven pay-per-view where Bam Bam famously tossed Spike from the ring to the third row of fans in Fort Lauderdale. So this evening, Bam Ban asked in advance who would like to be the lucky fans to receive Spike's carcass tonight, which of course led to the entire bingo hall chanting, over here, over here, every time Bigelow got his hands on little Spike. But the last time these two squared off in this building, Spike scored a pinfall victory. So he was undaunted by the task of facing the man that, by ring announcer's information, outweighed him by 205 pounds. Well... Spike would indeed get some more frequent flyer miles on this evening, and after a little body surfing, Spike fell victim to the bulliest bullfrog splash you've ever seen, and Bam Bam picked up the W. It's a clean sweep for the triple threat when world champion Shane Douglas takes out the returning Phil LaFon next. The only thing more impressive than the gold around Douglas' waist was the dangerously short gold number worn by the head cheerleader Francine on this evening. The Pitbulls were out next and went on the offensive against the ECW crowd. Pitbull number 1 challenged Taz to face his partner, which brought out the human suplex machine. Within three minutes or so, Taz had gotten into it with Pitbull number 2, then Pitbull pal Lance Wright, who was in a wheelchair on that evening, then the Philadelphia Police Department. This got ugly quick. When the locker room emptied to try and keep Taz from getting arrested, the focus quickly shifted to keeping Taz and Sabu apart. Some things never change. Once Taz was escorted back to the showers, it was time for Sabu to take on the Sandman. These two, facing each other for the first time, got extreme just for the sake of extreme. Tables, ladders, chairs, and kendo sticks weren't enough. Sabu threw a fireball like some kind of wizard, and this match ended in a no contest, with Sandman being helped to the back with a towel across his face. After helping a bloody Sabu to the back, Bill Alfonso reemerged with his other charge, Rob Van Dam. But RVD wanted nothing to do with the scheduled mixed tag match he and Fonzie were supposed to compete in against Tommy Dreamer and Beulah. Tommy and RVD go at it immediately. Tommy hurts his knee early on and is looking to end this early before he or Van Dam have to rely on their partners. But when Tommy charges at Van Dam in the corner with a chair, it gets swiped away by referee Jeff Jones, who is now sporting a six inch thick gauze headband after the chair shot he took earlier from Ball's Mahoney and looks like he belongs in a piece of Revolutionary War art playing a flute. You might think RVD would be appreciative of Jones saving him from some damage, but this is ECW. So as Tommy looks over his shoulder stunned at the gall it took for Jones to unarm the innovator of violence, RVD repaid Jones's kindness with a Van Daminator. After all, he was holding the chair right there near his face. Shortly thereafter, Sabu inserts himself again into the proceedings and it leads to Tommy going through a table courtesy of a five-star frog splash Arabian leg drop combo. RVD, who was in the midst of his Mr. Monday Night gimmick where he constantly was talking about leaving for greener pastures, decides he's above the silliness of an intergender mixed tag and heads for the showers. Tommy is helped out of the ring, but Alfonso and Beulah are still hanging around, doing some house cleaning, removing bits of broken table, dented chairs, and other bits of extreme plunder. They get a little too close to one another, and words are exchanged that lead to Fonzie shoving Beulah. Beulah points to her chin and dares Fonzie to take his best shot. He looks to the crowd for the okay and of course the savages in the ecw arena are totally on board with him throwing a haymaker at a 95 pound woman so fonzie winds up and delivers but the extra time he took allowed beulah to pull out the cookie sheet she had hidden under her oversized t-shirt and alfonso punches right into the center of it as he stumbles around clutching his injured fist beulah parts his hair with said cookie sheet Beulah whips off the tee and strikes Tommy's signature arms-out pose, and this little lady is ready to get extreme. The crowd was firmly behind Beulah, a fact you couldn't have assumed in advance, especially not after the verbal jabs they threw at Francine earlier in the evening. Meanwhile, cowering in the corner, Fonzie employed the age-old wrestling technique of blading. He cuts himself on the forehead just above his right eyebrow, and as bad luck would have it, he unknowingly nicks a tiny artery. The next five minutes go down as among the bloodiest, most extreme in ECW history. Beulah drags Fonzie to his feet by his hair, and you can already see that he's busted open. At this point, it's ECW, and Alfonso is going to get a little color tonight. So that's nothing crazy. To the floor they go. Irish whip to the guardrail, and wow, Fonzie is really bleeding, and the blood is dark and oxygen-rich. To the opposite guardrail they go, and Fonzie winds up in the front row. Beulah drags him back and rolls him into the ring. She's a few seconds behind because she's found a frying pan at ringside. Beulah lines up her opponent and looks to bring down the pan on his melon like a double axe handle, but Fonzie makes a quick shuffle from his knees and beats her to the punch with a big uppercut from down south. Beulah, Godlover sells it like the owner of a pair of grapefruits. Alfonso hits a hearty esque leg drop in between Beulah's legs, chokes her with the cord to his whistle, and pulls her to her feet to flip her with a quick slam. Beulah then blocks a suplex attempt and counters into a DDT, then turning him inside out with a clothesline. The two then exchange chops in the corner, and from the camera catching Alfonso from his right profile, he's starting to resemble Captain America villain Red Skull. Fonzie decides this is a good time for a moonsault. No, seriously. He gives the flipping motion with his hands and climbs the corner. Beulah crotches him on the top buckle, and Fonzie finds himself tied to the Tree of Woe. With part of the locker room still hanging around ringside, someone slides in a chair, and Beulah delivers Tommy's signature basement dropkick to the chair right into Fonzie's grill. Beulah strikes a pose again and motions for a flip of her own. She drags Alfonso's carcass into position and makes the climb, but Fonzie still has at least a little blood left in his body and swoops in between Beulah's legs, and it looks like she's headed for a powerbomb. With a shift of her weight, however, Beulah pulls off a darn fine Beulah Conrana and gets the three count. The ring announcer declares the victory for Beulah and Tommy Dreamer. Oh yeah, this mess started as a mixed tag match. The main event saw the Gangsternators, Cronus and Jack. Take the tag titles off the Dudley boys, but all anyone was talking about in the coming weeks was the five minutes of Beulah and Fonzie. It's estimated, and this might just be wrestling lore, that Fonzie lost nearly a third of his body's volume of blood. But if there's a bright side to spending the night in a hospital getting transfused, it was the fact that the performance saved Alfonso's job. The story goes that there was a mole in ECW that was funneling information and eventually talent to WCW. Todd Gordon, who originally owned Eastern Championship Wrestling before selling to his booker Paul Heyman, was heard on voicemails by Heyman talking to his buddy Terry Taylor, who was then part of the booking committee in WCW. They were talking about an ECW invasion of WCW. Among those voicemails, Heyman heard conversations between Taylor, Gordon, and Alfonso that made it sound like a done deal, yet no one had approached Paul E with so much as a hint of this plan. Gordon, then the on-screen commissioner of ECW, would be written off TV not long before this card, and Alfonso was most likely the next to get the axe. So after being told to go out and allow himself to be manhandled by a valet, Alfonso offered no pushback and went out to put on what Paul Heyman would be quoted as saying is his favorite match in the history of ECW. Heyman just couldn't bring himself to fire Fonzie after he almost literally died for the company. Somewhere along the way, Beulah broke her arm in this match as well. She's quoted as saying, I finished the match though. I just wanna say that I didn't cry and leave the ring. End quote. The worst part for Beulah was when she hit the showers and saw just how much of Fonzie's blood she brought back from the ring in her hair. So there you have it. Two non-wrestlers took as good as it gets to the extreme and then some. And you wanna know what's a crazy coincidence? This match, in which the female valet bested a male manager, just happened to fall on the 24-year anniversary of the Battle of the Sexes tennis match between Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs, which had a similar outcome of the male competitor counting the lights. And that was all on this day in 1997. This has been the Daily Wrestling News Show for September 20th, 2022. We'll see you tomorrow.